17. For the second week in a row, suffering from severe allergy congestion, it's me, it's Corey, and I'm still miserable from allergies, even worse so than last week. I mean, they came and they just, man, they knocked me down this week. Man, it, it, it's been miserable. No medicine is helping. Oh, oh man. Well, anyhow, that's not going to stop me from podcasting because this is a lot of fun. Welcome. Thanks for listening. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, first off, I was really excited this week because Johnny T finally released the first episode of Johnny's Cult Films podcast. And it's really, really cool. It's he and uh, several of his friends talking about, actually, John Carpenter this time. And, uh, man, yeah, it's a really, really cool podcast. Can't wait for episode two, which is a continuation of episode one, I guess, because it ran on so long. <laughs> so, But uh, very, very cool. Uh, I'll post a link to that, and you should go check that out. Just want to remind you that uh, Midnight Cory is the official podcast of the Italian Zombie Movie, which you also need to watch if you haven't already. It's fantastic. Uh, two movies, actually, and the upcoming third. And wow, wow, yeah, great movies. Go check them out. Of course, my home is at MidnightCory.com. Uh, I'm also somewhat involved with uh, CorpseCollective.com, which is a great website with a lot of great writers and uh, articles, all kinds of things to check out. Um, but uh, I haven't bothered to post anything yet because I'm very, very lazy. Very lazy. Well, no, I've been busy. You know, I work and, you know, I have family things going on and, and I, I podcast and um, I'm making the movie, which is still happening. It's slowed down a bit because I haven't been feeling well and I'm, I'm really being picky about some of the special effects scenes that I'm trying out. So just bear with me. I haven't posted a video update for a while. I, I realize that. But everything is going forward, so no worries there. But yeah, yeah, I've been doing an awful lot. Been doing an awful lot. So... Oh, let's just move forward here. I'm going to only be talking about one movie this week. Yeah, yeah. In my radio voice, talking about zombies. <laughs> I haven't heard from that guy again. I don't know what's up with him. But anyhow, I Walked with a Zombie from 1943 is our, our next movie. Um, going through, I'm trying to go through every zombie movie uh, ever made within reason, you know, up until recently because there's been an explosion of horrible ones. But, uh, you know, I'm going through and looking at a lot of the classics right now. And uh, I know I've talked about I Walked with a Zombie before on that other podcast, and you might have heard it. But I don't care. This is my podcast, and it's all new. So forget the other one. It doesn't count. <laughs> Only this one counts. And um, to be honest with you, I had every intention of having a second movie ready to talk about this week, but my Wii is being very difficult connecting to my wireless internet. Don't know why. Uh, it's always been very intermittent. Sometimes it works great. Other times it doesn't. I was really frustrated with it this week, so I don't have another movie to talk about. Although... Here soon, maybe next week or in a couple weeks, I don't know, I'll be reviewing uh, Outpost Doom, which is the latest film from the guys over there at Splattercast. Yeah, how about that? So 
that's at deadlantern.com if you want to check all that out. But I got my copy this week, and I'll be watching it, so have no idea. Um, I expect it to be better than their first one, which was... Uh, don't remember. The Grand Horror. Yeah, so I'm expecting it to be better. <laughs> So, uh, no review of beers this week, although uh, I did get an email from my friend Spooky Bill, and he was asking where he could get the Magic Hat Night of the Living Dead variety pack in his neck of the woods. Now, he is in Michigan, of course. I am in Pennsylvania, and of course, I have drank that variety pack. I did pick it up, like, last month. It came out really early. And uh, it's really uh, an interesting variety pack. If you go to magichat.net, uh, you can check out all the places where you can buy this beer. So uh, hopefully I haven't uh, gotten on to see, you know, I don't know where the nearest place would be to you. So get, yeah, go to magichat.net. But uh, let me give you a quick rundown of what is in that variety pack and uh, what I thought of everything. Now, this is the Night of the Living Dead variety pack. They do this every year. Um, at least for the past couple years they have. And uh, this variety pack came with four different beers in it. We got number nine, we got Hex Oktoberfest, HIPA, and Odd Notion. Now, my favorite two out of this were uh, Hex, which uh, is a very, uh, it's, it's a darker kind of thing, uh, very malty, uh, really, really great taste, a little bit smoky, a little bit chocolate caramel kind of thing. Fantastic beer. I really liked it. And I also liked the HIPA, which is an India Pale Ale, and you know I am a huge fan of IPAs. So I really, really liked HIPA also. Now, when it came to number nine, that's a not-quite-pale ale. I didn't like that so much. I'm just not a big fan of that kind of thing. And then Odd Notion, uh, let me get to that. That is a wit beer. Um, that's more along the lines of, like, a Hefeweizen or something like that. And I hate Hefeweizens, and uh, I'm not a big wit beer fan as well. So, yeah, I enjoyed half of the Night of the Living Dead thing. And if you like wit beers, you like the pale ale stuff like that, then... Um, you know, you'll really like this, but I like the darker end of things. I like the, the more robust uh, beers, the Hex and the HIPA. So yeah, go to uh, magichat.net and hopefully uh, you can find a place near you where uh, you can pick that up. But actually, it's really funny, as I'm recording this, I have my email in front of me, and guess who just sent in a review of beers? Well, it's Brian in Colorado, so, <laughs> I mean, this is crazy, but uh, yeah. So we'll be reading that a little bit later, and I thank Mr. Kaufman for sending that over. Very, very cool. Of course, I got some voicemails to play and some original music for you also. So, wow. This podcast is gonna be fantastic. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Let's talk about some zombie things. I was reading about zombie things. I love zombies. And uh, so I was reading about them this week, and I'm gonna share some of that with you. Um, I just found out that Fearnet... On October 1st is starting a brand new series called Zombie Roadkill. Ghost House Pictures is behind all of it. They call it a zombie comedy. Or if you want to be hip and cool and trendy, you can call it a zomcom. <laughs> yeah. But uh, this is from Shock Till You Drop. Thomas Hayden Church stars as a park ranger who partners with a teen, David Dorfman, to escape a portion of highway where roadkill is resurrected as flesh-eating zombie animals. 
when something gets run over on this road, it comes back to life. My brother and his friends are hurt. They need help. Take your number, kid. What's going on with these freaking animals? Shut it! This entire place is cursed. This land isn't cursed. This land is... It's gonna be a hot night in hell. Oh, Leftover Salmon is a jam band. I love jam bands. Uh, you know I love Fish and I love The Grateful Dead and uh, Mo, things like that. Leftover Salmon is one of them. They're a fantastic band and I just thought it was cool that I found out that their Halloween show this year is called The Zombie Jamboree. <laughs> yeah. So if you get a chance, you got to go see Leftover Salmon. Uh, their Halloween show is at the Fillmore Auditorium in Denver, Colorado. And, uh, yeah, yeah, you can find out all about that. I'll have links to all this stuff up on MidnightCory.com. Oh, boy, and how about this? Yeah, this has me so excited that Survival of the Dead is now out in its two-disc Ultimate Edition. Oh, yeah. This is one that's going to be flying off the shelves, I guarantee ya. <laughs> Oh, I don't know. I don't think I'm going to buy this. You know, I was of the uh, notion before that I wanted to have all of Romero's films on DVD and have them on a shelf in front of me, but I'd be kind of ashamed to have people come into my house and see that I own that movie because it sucks so bad. <laughs> I hate that movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. So that's out. It's the ultimate edition. Oh, boy. You know, oh, yeah. terrible, terrible. And I see articles now, you know, everybody is analyzing zombie movies. Everybody is a zombie movie fan anymore. You know, this zombie thing used to be fun, used to be off the wall, you know, and, and kind of, uh, I don't know, a subculture kind of thing. But now it's so mainstream. Now everybody's talking about zombies. It's a huge fad right now. And it's just, to me, it's like sapping all the coolness out of zombie movies. And it's not that fun anymore. And it's like, it's like I've almost started to forget why I liked zombie movies in the first place. But all I have to do then is just push everything out that I'm reading on the internet and just forget about it and put in Dawn of the Dead or Zombie 2 or Burial Ground or something like that. And I can enjoy it. I can really, really enjoy it. But yeah, yeah, I'm just so tired of it. So tired of it. And more things that I'm tired of is hearing about the Walking Dead TV show. We have more clips... Coming up this week, uh, they've already been released. You can go watch them. Clips from the TV show. I'm ignoring those because, I don't know, call me crazy, but I kind of want to save it all for when the show actually is on the air. And you know that once you can stream these online and you can uh, you know buy the DVDs, that uh, there, there's going to be a lot of extras on them also. So why spoil it now? <laughs> I mean... I don't know. A lot of the fun is waiting and anticipation. So uh, yeah, I want it. Uh, I want it to be as cool as it possibly can be when it actually uh, hits AMC here in October. So yeah, I'm ignoring those. And another thing, you know, I just shake my head and laugh when I when I read about things like Ruben Fleischer, who is the director of Zombieland, uh, all excited about doing Zombieland 2 in 3D. You know, they're still in pre-production for that, and I don't really care. Uh, I didn't like Zombieland very much. Uh, it was okay for what it was, but it was like, 
It was like MTV Zombies. That was a whole movie, and yeah, it was just kind of okay. But uh, man, and now they're jumping in on the 3D thing just like everybody else. And I, I could care less. I could really care less. Will I watch it? Yeah, probably. <laughs> but not to say that I'm actually going to like it. In order to turn a person into a zombie, whether by poison or hocus pocus, you must first kill that person. Is that right? Yes. Hey, voicemail death. It's Bad Hammer Colin. Um, I think last time I touched base with the, the voicemail death, I was not too entirely thrilled with Dead Rising 2. And uh, since then, I sat down and, you know, bashed in a bunch more zombie heads with spiked baseball bats and thrown some buckets with drills on, on their heads. And, uh, man, like, electrified a lake. <laughs> I've been having a really good time with the game. Um, I've gotten over the fact that the guy's daughter is really annoying and um, a lot of the other things about the game that I did not care for, I'm now totally okay with uh, because I'm having more fun bashing in zombie heads than anything else. Um, but I'm actually calling... Uh, to mention a interesting thing that I've been listening to. I've been listening to um, a Halo audiobook, uh, Halo, the, the Microsoft game that everyone knows from Xbox. Um, I've kind of been getting into the, the fiction um, that is published through the Halo universe, but I picked up this audiobook off Audible, and it's uh, Halo Evolutions. Uh, I actually picked it up because I saw it on uh, Xbox Live, a motion comic. One of the stories, and I thought it was really well done. I'm a sucker for motion comics. But, uh, man, the more I listen to the stories about the Flood, um, and of, of all of those of you who know Halo, you probably know the Flood. Um, the Flood is the common enemy between, you know, the humans and uh, the Covenant, which are basically the generic bad guy aliens. And listening to the story, who... Uh, it's in the, it's in, uh, sorry, it's in the anthology, and uh, I don't know the name of the author, and I actually don't even know the name of the story because I've been listening to this audiobook for, for like 14 hours while I've been at work, and uh, it's a 17-hour-long audiobook, so it's like three quarters of the way through, and uh, the story of the flood is basically um, told as like a zombie story. There's even like there's mentions of uh, a covenant uh, alien holding a cricket bat. And, you know, there's all sorts of, like, weird little references, like people's names in the story, uh, which I, I think in the past I've mentioned my dislike for this. But I kind of like it here, because there's, like, gentle nods to sci-fi. Like, there's a, one of the prisoners on the ship, because the prison ship is named Rimmer, uh, who, those of you who know Red Dwarf, know the character Rimmer from Red Dwarf. So it's kind of like a nod to Red Dwarf, and then the, the cricket bat, it's like a nod to Shaun of the Dead, and, um, there's just all sorts of interesting little things that reference uh, sort of sci-fi and horror. So, you know, I'm normally really against that, but in this in this context, I thought it was kind of well done. So, that was cool. Um, but yeah, I never really thought of the flood being like zombies, but um, as listening to the story, it definitely is. It's like an infection uh, to take over your body. So, interesting little twist. But um, I gotta go. I've been on work all day, so I'm probably making absolutely no sense in this phone call. But, uh, yeah, it's Bad Hammer calling and mumbling away. All right, Corey. Later, man.
Ah, oh, good to hear from you, Badhammer. You know, you're one of my most faithful voicemail of death participants, <laughs> and you have not died yet, which is good. Although you have come close. You have come close, my friend. So it's good to hear from you, as always. You know what? I have never played Halo. Any of the Halo games, never played them. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I tend to find video games that I really like and just stick with those. Now, I don't... I don't know. I don't really play a lot of different video games. Right now, I'm pretty much exclusively playing Red Dead Redemption, and that's it. And, uh, yeah. So, uh, but uh, that's really interesting, though, to hear about the background of Halo. And uh, I, I really don't have any idea what you are talking about there. But uh, I'm sure it, it, it's very cool. A lot of people love Halo, so I'm, I'm sure a lot of listeners will know. But uh, thanks for calling in, man. <laughs> This week's late-breaking review of beers, brought to you by Brian in Colorado. I get up at 5.30 every morning. Don't worry, I get plenty of nightlife. I just don't sleep. Walking the dog, I found some trees with leaves dropping and a 40-degree chill in the air, and it hit me. Fall is coming. And as the leaves change, so do my tastes in beer. Yes, Midnight Cory listeners, it's pumpkin beer time. Jack's Pumpkin Spice Beer is an Anheuser-Busch entry into the Harvest Beer niche. You may be familiar with Anheuser-Busch. Back in the 70s, they battled Schlitz for the number one spot in the commercial beer category. I was a Schlitz guy, though I don't remember liking the beer. But I was very brand loyal. And anyone familiar with my beer reviews knows that I prefer microbrews to commercial beer, so it may surprise you to learn that I didn't hate Jack's. The beer pours with a clear copper color with a white head and plenty of carbonation. This light beer smells like cinnamon, allspice, and pumpkin, and tastes like it smells, with the added bonus of burnt malt and metal. Perhaps the beer comes by its copper color honestly. I've made it sound bad, I know, but it isn't bad at all. It's light, it's drinkable, and it's comparatively cheap. Cheap is important. Some of the beers I've reviewed cost the price of a meal at a sit-down restaurant. I can't afford some of them, though I do budget appropriately according to my priorities and values. Beer isn't as important as the mortgage, but it is more important than the phone. Seasonal beers are fun to try, and not all of them cost a lot. I would recommend Anheuser-Busch's pumpkin beer for people who are curious about harvest beers, but don't want to invest a lot of cash in their curiosity. On the Midnight Cory scale, I'd give this brew a 5.5. When you consider the price, it's probably a six. On the other hand, we're a month away from carved pumpkins. If the night is crisp and cool, with the last of the sun's glimmer slipping below the horizon, and the twitter of birds yields to the slow, steady rhythm of crickets, the air thick with the smell and taste of burning leaves, this beer just might be an eight. Brian in Colorado. Hey, Corey, this is Ertroff. I'm just calling in 
uh, with Well You Said Before to uh, keep you up to date on my zombie novel that I'm writing, um, Pathogen Book One Outbreak. So I wrote a little bit more in it and uh, redid the prologue. So I was wondering if I could just read a sneak peek of it really quick here. Um, if this is too long or something, just don't play it and then I'll get the hint. But, uh, yeah, so here goes. <clears throat> Pathogen, Book One, Outbreak by Ertrov. Prologue. This is it. I can't run anymore. I have a few bullets left. Gotta remember to save one for myself. They're getting closer. Takes a while for those things to get up the stairs. Got nothing left anyway, not since... No, no, can't think about them. Gotta, gotta keep my sanity a little, little, little longer. Oh, crap, here they come. Wait, wait, this is the wrong ammo, I can't... The last recording of Dr. Malcolm Evans. Chapter 1. Rural Nightmare. Holy... Corey Starnes began to shout as his car hit something. Something big. It was an old car, so one more dent wouldn't make much of a difference anyway. Ironically, the fact that the vehicle's antique headlights were no, lo no longer worked was the reason he crashed. Freaking deer everywhere out here, he grumbled as he opened the door. He grabbed a flashlight from under the seat and walked around to the front of the car. He shined the light onto the hood, which was covered in blood. What a mess, he said as he aimed the, the, as he aimed the light down at the corpse. At that moment, Corey realized three things. First, it wasn't a deer. Second, it was a human. Third, it wasn't dead. The middle-aged man on the ground looked up at him with blank eyes, moaning quietly, and Corey froze. The man had one arm missing, lying several feet away. His body was battered and torn with several gaping wounds surrounded by rotting flesh and congealed blood. When the thing reached out one cold hand, grabbing Corey's leg. Wait. I made a typo. Anyway, Corey screamed and jumped back, kicking and pulling against his attacker. As he pulled harder, he heard a snap and a tear, and as the body on the ground tore in half. What the heck was that? Corey tried to run, and then realized he was still being pulled back. With its internal organs spilled out across the gravel road, the creature was still gripping his ankle and chewing on the heel of his boot. Corey started to cry, completely terrified. He started kicking the rotted face with his heel, the soft bone starting to cave in. After a few more attempts, its head dropped to the ground and its hand released him. Corey just stood there for a minute, looking at the corpse, trying to make sense of what happened. Then he saw them, slowly shambling from the cornfields and down the road toward him. Several more walking corpses came into view. He felt a hand on his shoulder. And that's all I'll read for now. The rest you have to buy the book to get. Or I'll probably give Corey more sneak peeks through Facebook or something, but anybody else listening, gotta buy the book. This is our travel, and I'll see you later. You know, you never know what you're gonna get when you have people writing zombie books, because everybody writes zombie books anymore. Everybody writes them. And Ertrov, that is really, really cool. It sounds really good. So, man, I'm, I'm even more excited for your book now. So thanks for reading that. And I'm sure, you know, the listeners appreciate this also. 
But uh, yeah, keep me updated, man, on how things are going. And, uh, you know, if you think uh, you're going to get it released, if you're going to go the whole self-publishing route, which a lot of people are doing, or if you're, you know, going to try to uh, get some sort of publisher involved, I don't know. I don't know. But very cool. Ertrov, my friend, thank you for sharing that with us. with a zombie. <laughs> Does seem an odd thing to say. Had anyone said that to me a year ago, I'm not at all sure I would have known what a zombie was. I might have had some notion that they were strange and frightening, even a little funny. It all began in such an ordinary way. Oh, in 1943, we got the movie I Walked with a Zombie. Now, it's interesting, this is an RKO picture. And if you know anything about RKO, you'll know that it was just kind of crazy that they were trying to cash in on the zombie craze of the time, being that they were pretty much above the Poverty Row Studios, who were just in the film business to make a quick buck, you know. Uh, RKO actually made some quality films, but apparently at the time they were going through some, some really tough times financially, so they decided to make a bunch of horror films to generate some income, and they sat down, came up with a bunch of horror titles, and then they hired people to go and make the movies based on the titles. <laughs> and, and this is one of them. And it's just hilarious because this just shows that, you know, from the very beginnings of horror in film, um, it, it's always been seen as kind of bottom of the barrel kind of thing, you know. I mean, and let's face it, you know, horror movies are cheap to make. Uh, they're often very sleazy and in very bad taste. And anyone can do it. Anyone can go and make a horror movie, literally, because uh, it's, it's not that hard. So even back then, people saw it for what it was. So the people at RKO hired Val Luton to produce this, along with uh, a whole pile of other movies. I think he made like seven or something like that altogether. Now, it's funny because Val Luton didn't like horror at all, was not a horror movie fan, but realized that uh, he, he was just hired by RKO, it's a big deal, and this was his chance to make a name for himself in Hollywood. So he took the more artistic route uh, with all of the films that he made. He completely ignored RKO's demands that he just make schlocky horror movies that are just going to make quick cash. And it's that decision to go the more artistic route as opposed to the, you know, quick, you know, kind of creature feature kind of things that we got. It's because of that that this movie stands out from all of the others of this decade. You know, as far as the 40s go and most of the 30s, 
Um, this is the best zombie movie of the time, you know, ever since White Zombie, which was clear back to 1932, but no other zombie movie had come close to capturing such great atmosphere and, and such thought-provoking themes, you know, this is a really, really good film. And just on a side note here, you know, isn't it wonderful that uh, the good people who brought us all of the hundred billion Saw movies, which are all the same, <laughs> that uh, they're going to put their greedy little hands all over I Walked With a Zombie and remake it, probably in 3D. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I haven't heard much about that lately, but I did know that it was going through. So, how about that? Uh, well, here's what we got in I Walked With a Zombie. We got a nurse named Betty. She's hired to get down to this Caribbean island called San Sebastian so she can take care of the sick wife of a plantation owner. So the plantation owner's name is Paul. Uh, his sick wife is named Jessica. So Jessica is kept in the uppermost room of this tower on the plantation that he owns. And she just kind of walks around all vacant and brain dead. And she has this great, great look, this great stare. And the doctor there says that Jessica contracted a rare tropical disease and got this really crazy fever, which burned out parts of her spinal cord and it left her unable to think on her own. And she's just kind of walking around all brain dead, can't think for herself at all. But on the other hand, the natives on this island say that she had been turned into a zombie by voodoo. And so that's the rumor going around. So we get all this drama and it escalates as Paul's brother, Wesley, who was also on the plantation, kind of takes a liking for the nurse, Betty. But uh, he also knows that Betty kind of has this thing for Paul. So that's kind of like, well, you know, should she pursue that? Because Paul's wife is just in this brain dead state. And so is that is that the right thing to do to go after him at this point? So that whole thing plays out. Plus, the nurse, Betty, is a little bit turned off by Wesley's real obvious drinking problem. So, yeah, she, she's uh, not into that at all. So as we go on in the story, we hear rumors that Wesley actually, back before this all happened, that Wesley was trying to woo Jessica away from Paul before Jessica contracted her weird disease. And then we learn that uh, Paul and Wesley's mother who doesn't live on the plantation but lives nearby, uh, is involved in the local voodoo scene. And at one point, Betsy uh, sneaks Jessica away to this voodoo ceremony to see if she can cure her. But uh, they encounter this tall, bug-eyed zombie. And I'll tell you what, every time you hear anything about uh, I Walked With a Zombie or you see anything about I Walked With a Zombie, this is one of the pictures that's probably going to accompany it. It's uh, the, the bug-eyed zombie, and you know what I'm talking about, but he's this big zombie, he never says anything, and he just stares. He's actually pretty menacing. So, you know, as we get into the film, it, it really keeps you guessing as to whether the voodoo is real, or if this is just all a product of all kinds of drama and, and medical things and, and whatever. So, man, man, great, great movie. The movie looks good. We got great lighting, great atmosphere, a lot of shadows, a lot of spooky settings. Uh, it, it's very beautiful, yet dark and menacing. You know, it's poetic, yet it's a little unsettling. And it kind of keeps you, keeps you unsettled the whole time. And it, it's very, very captivating in that way. 
We got great voodoo drums, a, a very cool voodoo ceremony. I mean, that's probably my favorite part of the movie. To me, not that I'm any kind of voodoo expert, but um, when I look at film, it seems to be the most authentic looking uh, voodoo ceremony that I've seen in zombie film so far. So it, yeah, it's really, really cool. And the tower, all oh, that tower where Jessica is kept with the winding steps. That's just really, really cool. And again, a lot of that is blocking and lighting and set design, things like that. Um, and like I mentioned before, the zombie Miss Jessica. Now, is she a zombie? Isn't she a zombie? I don't know. You're kind of guessing there. But she has a great look. You know, it's not the gruesome, flesh-eating zombie whatever. She's just a woman that's brain dead and kind of retarded and just kind of walking around. But she has this stare and, and the way her, they did her makeup, it's very subtle, but it's very effective. We explore all kinds of themes, you know, a lot has been written about this, a lot of people have talked about this. It's a very critically acclaimed film, and a lot of people put it on their top five list and top ten lists of, of horror films, and uh, it, it's no wonder. But uh, we got themes like, you know, we have the beauty, the beauty of the island, the Caribbean islands, oh, the ocean's so beautiful, the greenery is so beautiful, the setting is so beautiful, but there's a theme here of, of underneath this beauty, is this uh, ugliness and this sadness and something corrupt and, and not quite right going on underneath the, the superficiality that is uh, the beauty of the place. And also another big one that we see is kind of the Western kind of civilized modern thinking and scientific thinking versus superstition and voodoo, things like that. And never in this film do they give you a definite answer as to, is this voodoo? Is Jessica a zombie? Is the big black bug-eyed guy a zombie? It's never answered because everything is explained away in scientific terms. Like, oh, she's not a zombie. She just has this rare tropical fever. And, uh, you know, so you never know. And it's great. It's the mark of a good piece of art that uh, you actually have to think about it. You gotta figure this one out a little bit and kind of draw your own conclusions. You know, is the voodoo for real? You don't know. Uh, is, is all this medical science stuff, is the, the disease for real? You don't know. Um, it, it stimulates discussion. People talk about this kind of thing, which I feel is really at the heart of all good art. It, it evokes some kind of reaction. It stimulates discussion. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, now I'm going to probably go off on a tangent here, but I just wanted to make the point that this good, healthy discussion, whether, you know, you like it, you don't like it, uh, you're critical of it, or you're praising it, I think so much of that has been ruined on the internet because people act like jackasses on the internet. And I know I say this all the time, and I've seen this everywhere, any forum that you get on, it's just going to be a bunch of idiots. <laughs> I mean, let's just be honest. A bunch of friggin' retards are on the internet, and I, I'm, I'm one of them. You're one of them. <laughs> yeah, it's a bunch of idiots. So, you know, it seems like you can't just sit down and have a good debate about a movie, and you can't discuss your theories, which may be different than somebody else's theories, and your preferences and your tastes, as opposed to somebody else's. Because everybody starts getting offended and defensive and crazy about things. And it's just stupid. And, uh, you know, a lot of the, the great things that uh, you can talk about with a movie like this, you can't hardly do it on the internet. And that's why I prefer just watching these movies with real life 
physical friends that are around me, and then we can talk about it. And that never ends up in anybody yelling and swearing and name-calling and storming out. I mean, it, it's all good. <laughs> so, yeah. This, I, I Walked With a Zombie, this is classic horror. I mean, this, this is a great horror film. And it embodies everything that horror is, you know. Not only do we have the beautiful kind of poetic side to it and the drama, but it's also spooky. You know, we have this atmosphere, this very menacing atmosphere, and the whole thing, you're just very uncertain as to what is really behind all of this. And they use great lighting, and the locations, you know, we're on this exotic Caribbean island, and, and uh, the, the locals there are apparently very primitive people. And they have uh, primitive ways of doing things, and their values are not Western values. So there's there's that whole thing with the, and the voodoo, and so you're never quite sure. Uh, it's also very scary at times, you know, seeing the bug-eyed zombie at first. You know, it's uh, it's very unsettling. Um, during the voodoo ceremony, they stick a sword through Jessica's arm just to show that she doesn't bleed, and uh, so that's really cool. So yeah, and it's very very captivating. So man. Man, I could just go on all day about this. You got to see this. Um, you can get it on DVD through Netflix. I don't think it's streaming instantly. But uh, yeah, you can definitely find it uh, probably for cheap also uh, if you get on Amazon or whatever. But on the Midnight Corey scale of rating movies and stuff, uh, I'm going to give this one an 8 out of 10. This is a must-see for any zombie fan. It's not a zombie movie like hordes of zombies, you know, eating the house, you know, kind of like Night of Living Dead. That comes, you know, 25 years later. But uh, I'm saying this is a great, great zombie movie, and it's one that uh, is going to help you understand where our beloved zombies came from. My singing voice lately hasn't been really up to par, <laughs> and it's because of this allergic thing I have going on, and it's just making me miserable. So I've been going back through the archives to play you original music. Uh, the one today is, oh, two and a half or almost three years old at this point. I think it was the final Podcast M song that I made and that I, I put out on that podcast. It has nothing to do with Mr. Bass's Planetoid like all the rest of them did. Um, I just wrote a song and played it and put it up. So 
Here you go, this one is called Flyin'. She makes a beautiful zombie, doesn't she? But I don't know about zombies, Doctor. 
Just what is a zombie? A ghost, a living dead. It's also a drink. Yes, I tried one once, but there wasn't anything dead about it. Well, it's the end. This is kind of a short podcast, but uh, you'll have to deal with it. You know, um, one of the things that I found out during the whole recording of this today is that uh, if I'm standing, my nose is not congested at all. My sinuses actually kind of clear out if I'm standing. And it's as soon as I sit down or lay down in bed or something like that, that uh, I, I get all stuffed up again. And then I start talking weird. And so, man, I, I'm standing now. But, uh, you know, I don't feel like standing anymore. I feel like having a seat. But I'm going to get all congested as soon as I do that. So that's not a good thing. So we're ending the show now. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Well, thank you to everyone that participated. Called the voicemail. Uh, Brian in Colorado for uh, the, the review of beers. Like I said, go over and check out Johnny's Cult Films podcast, which is great. And uh, there are a lot of other really, really great podcasts out there you should be listening to. But, uh, you know... Um, next week, uh, we're going to be talking about the sequel to I Walked With a Zombie. Did you know it had a sequel? Well, even more amazing that I Walked With a Zombie had a sequel was uh, the name of the sequel and some people involved in it. The movie is entitled Zombies on Broadway, made in 1945. And guess who's in this one? Oh, yep, that's right. Our good friend, Bela Lugosi. So that's what I'll be talking about next week and hopefully more things. Uh, yeah. But uh, anyhow, thank you for listening. I really appreciate it. And um, if you want to call the voicemail of death, that'd be great. 814-806-2828. Um, you can go to my website, midnightcory.com, and check out all the fun things there. Fun for the whole family. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know what else to say. I think, uh, think I said everything... Just kind of rambling. I don't have much to say, you know, just kind of ending the show, trying to figure out some kind of clever, witty thing. You know, should I say something cool, you know, to make myself feel better? Uh, I don't know. Stay safe. Nah, nah, that's retarded. Um, I don't know. This is Corey, and goodbye. Stay loose and stay safe. And remember, when you think zombie movies, think not Corey. Well, I have a question for you, Buzz. Okay. I don't know if we can, if I can ask you this, but I'm going to go ahead and do it because this show is uncensored. This is live internet. You can ask me what you want. Buzz, a lot of the young groups today, a lot of the young rock and roll groups, which of course you are legendary for being in one of these rock and roll groups, a lot of these groups I feel are addicted to drugs. Yeah. Where do you stand on that subject? I'm addicted to drugs as well. I'm doped up right now. All right, so it is not just speculation on my part. These groups that are coming out with their screaming, vomiting sort of music are yeah. completely stoned on uh, anything you can think of. I think it's safe to say they're whoremongering drug addicts, all of them. So it is not just a fantasy. It no. is real. These people are degenerates. All of the bands that you see on TV all are filthy yes. with drug addiction and disease. Yes, incest. Incest. No, the music is not good. It's because it's so loud, it'll split your ears. Yeah, it's bad. It's bad for you. Are you go to hell. Are you going to retire from this business and get into landscaping or something better suited for someone mm. uh, than these playing this degenerate music to these filthy audiences? Well, maybe not landscaping, but I don't know. Yeah, sure. I'd Acting? something else, but what? Acting, yeah. Acting? Maybe Tom can <laughs> set you up with something? Is there anything in the world worse than actors? 
these degenerate rock and rollers? Yeah, I don't know. I think it's a tie. It started with Bill Haley, and it carried all the way through to the ACDCs and all the rest of this filth. Jerry Lee Lewis. Jerry Lee Lewis, he degenerate. Every parent's worst nightmare. And his semen was all over those piano keys, and that was that was tested in a laboratory. Not just his. Everyone, Elvis Presley's semen was on Jerry Lee Lewis's keyboard. You know what I always heard is that Elvis Presley was having an affair with his mother. Did you ever hear that? Gladys Presley. Yeah. You know, their graves were awfully close to each other. <laughs> they are.